everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, hey RJ, how you doing, man? Doing very well. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, pretty well rested after a little little vacation, so it was uh, it was kind of nice. Yeah, I heard you're promoting uh, biathlon in the Bahamas now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, biathlon in the Bahamas. Uh, we're trying to spread it. Any new members? Or? Uh, none yet. No takers. They they <laughs> couldn't quite understand it. So it's, it's hard a little with bit the light. sand and the roller skis and stuff, right? Yeah, it keeps getting getting in the wheels, and yeah, it just doesn't work very well. It's a little bit like the Jamaican bobsled team, but we're working on hey, it. Hey, they were pretty successful. <laughs> they were. They, were. They, they made the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll take another couple of uh, uh, trips out there and and try to spread the good word. I'm willing yeah, to sacrifice yeah. and and uh, I will take on the Caribbean as my region for for spreading biathlon. Nice. Yeah, I'll so, focus on Mexico for now and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got it. Go from there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, mixed nation relays, maybe we can get like one Bahamian and one Mexican and <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll put go. it together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, don't get me started on that. I think you do every week, but uh, I still, mm-hmm. I just don't see the issue with it. Yeah. I yeah. can't get over that. But, and I'm, I, I know that I'm not the first one to think of it, I'm sure, but. Well, you're the first one on this podcast, so we'll, uh, we'll give you credit true. for it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what have you been up to? I have been. Uh, busy my uh my wife is a school teacher and uh we're we always call it report card mode mm. so or report card season so uh yeah she's been working late and weekends and stuff so doing yeah, a lot of the shopping by myself and hanging oh, out boy. with the kids and yeah. i mean hanging out with the kids is fun but uh it's, uh, it's the shopping part the cooking part i want to do stuff and Mm-hmm. Watch biathlon. <laughs> well, and, and I was uh, texting with you earlier, and you have about it seems like seven different biathlon-related projects going right now. So, you got a lot. Yeah, of- yeah. I have a tendency to uh, to work on something and and uh, get about eighty percent, and then a new thing pops up in my head, and I'm like, oh, I need to look into that first, and then so I need to work on finishing my projects. My uh, yeah. so on on Tableau Public, you have like you know, your folders that are visible to everybody. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a hidden folder where, you know, if your work is not ready yet, you don't want to expose it to people, you put it there. Mm-hmm. And that is actually fuller than my, than my visible folder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I've finished, uh, so I updated the, uh, the streak chart, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yes. And I've also yeah. been working and pretty close to finalizing one uh, about clean shooting. Oh, um, so we'll talk about that later as well. Fantastic. Well, but I want to start it. with a number. Okay. In relation to what I just said. Let's 104. 104 is. And you probably just saw my tweet. I did. I'm not going to give it bit. away though. <laughs> but it is, it is incredible. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, talking about 104 consecutive hits in prone by uh, no other than uh, Simon Ader or Simon and 
the legend. If you if you have looked at some other streaks that he's been on, like it's not nothing new for him. Um, prone, obviously, he has the best record now with data going back to two thousand seventeen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because. I think that's the first season where they started tracking the target data and the um, uh, different shoot shootings properly. So mm-hmm. the data before can be a bit uh, more finicky. But um, of course, now it's not loading on my screen. But yeah, he uh, he had that eighty nine shot streak last season, I believe, or maybe the season before, mm-hmm. um, and that was standing and prone. Now. Some some people have slightly different numbers because it kind of depends what you include and exclude. Yeah. Um, I, uh, for me, I mostly include World Cup races. So if World Championships um, are part of the World Cup season, they have been included. If the Olympics are not part of the World Cup points, then they're not included. And I also don't include the relay uh, shootings. And of course, you can you know you can debate pros and cons, and there's no right or wrong. But that's that's just how I feel about it. And um, the shooting in the relay, where we saw Legride struggle, um, where he's been so strong in the non-relay mm-hmm. shooting, and he struggled mm-hmm. to me. That's a moment where I'm like, yeah, they're just two different beasts. You know, yes. at a pressure of shooting for your team, but then perhaps less pressure because you have spares. But then maybe you shoot faster because you have spares. So I don't know. There's just so many differences that I, I struggle with treating them the same. Uh, but, you know, in some cases it might be even more impressive. The, uh, the streaks, the, uh, so, so Simonator so is on 104 now. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonin Giguna was at 95. That was a while back. And currently, Artem Tishchenko is also on a streak for prone of 68 mm-hmm. in a row. So I was actually going to mention uh, the woman who's currently fourth in prone shooting, Elvira Uyberg, uh, with 50 in a row. And uh, we made we made a big deal about Julia Simone's streak earlier in the season, but this strikes me as sort of a, a similar streak as an unlikely person to be at 50 in a row. Uh, and that's for prone? That's for prone, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. I just have your, uh, I have your dashboard up now. There you go. Yep. So uh, I thought that was very neat. And, yeah, and just Simone had sixty-four, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Tarjo no. Bo fifty-five. Fifty-five. Yeah. That is. Yeah. He's really been putting it together recently. But yeah, uh, just so everybody knows, these are the 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 numbers just to give it some perspective. So eight are at one hundred and four, and then sixty-eight, fifty-five, fifty. 39 for Laura uh, Hrstova. Hrstova. Uh, yeah, the Bulgarian. Uh, I think she's like 20 years old. Um, and then you've got a whole bunch of people sort of in the mid in the mid 20s. That seems to be a kind of where streaks normally run out in the mid 20s. So uh, yeah. 104 is sort of outrageous. It is. Yeah, and if you there's also the uh, the list going back to 2017, just with the longest ones, mm-hmm. yep. and you can see by color which ones are uh, currently active and we have Legride 77 Eric Lesser 76 Sebastian 73 so yeah some uh, it's pretty 
well-known names in there. And then for like standing, look at standing. I have Valentina Semarenko at 65, obviously not active uh, now. <laughs> well, sorry. No, I should rephrase that. Yeah. Not yeah. The streak is not active. Yes. That I streak got, has ended it. Yes. at 65. Yeah. And then yeah. Semenator at 64. 64. Um, but that's also not active. And our friend uh, Jakob Fuck, 50, standing in a row. Quentin Fermier, 49, standing in a row. So Lisa Teresa Hauser, 45. And Suvi Minkinen is mm-hmm. at 38 right now. And that streak is active. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's had some good shooting, shooting in the past, but obviously nothing this, uh, this consistent. Mm-hmm. And then for longer streaks combined... The data that goes back to 2017 has Seminator, like I said earlier, at 89. And we have uh, Christensen at 73, Martin Foucault at 66, Legride at 63, um, Veer at 59. And none of the active athletes is in the top lists. Mm-mm. But I think it's Gestalder um, lost his streak this weekend. So we have... Was Raul f- Flore from Romania is at 24, currently active for combined shooting. And mm-hmm. Yislavat, 19. Campbell Wright, <laughs> 17. Oh, but, man. I mean, it's this is, so you know, hard. If, you, if you have a rate, well, it's even less than one race yeah. clean, right? So, yeah. And that uh, brings me to the other dashboard that I've been working on. And I I told you a little bit about it before the episode, and I gave you a question to think about. So I think you've had enough thought for that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So of the athletes that have been active this season, Mm -hmm. so at least one race in this season, um, who do you think? So we're looking at clean races, Mm -hmm. so so no miss per race, and we're also looking at clean shootings. So okay. a combination of five shots in a row that was clean. So who do you think has the highest percentage of clean races this season? Highest percentage of clean races. And this is men, women, both? Yeah. Highest percentage of clean races. So it's got to be somebody like, uh, obviously somebody shooting very well. I think... I, I my gut for whatever reason says that it's going to be somebody like uh, Hartwig. And by your response, no, that would be incorrect. No, I don't see him. Let me quickly check again. No, I'm going to have to disappoint you, sir. <laughs> um, uh, Florent Claude. No. Uh, <laughs> am I going to keep... Uh, uh, is it Minkinen? Minkinen, Minkinen, Minkinen. No. All right. I'm going to throw in the towel. A really good shooter. Think Vogt. of a really good shooter. Vogt, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Vogt is fourth on this list. Okay. Um, but at the top is Tamara Steiner. Oh, oh. Now, she only has eight races. So, of course, there's a filter where I can say a minimum amount of races. But so she has done 24 shootings. 
of which 18 were clean. So that's 75%. Wow. And he has had three of the eight races clean for 37.5% clean. Uh, what is your shooting percentage? Well, that's something I don't have here. Oh, here it is. <laughs> 96%. Yeah. 98 prone, 94 standing. But so if I look at athletes that are active this season, but have been, you know, have more races than just this season, mm -hmm. um, anybody more than say 20, Vanessa Vogt is, uh, she has 40 races, 128 shootings of which 83 were clean. So it's almost 65% of her wow. shootings are clean. And she's had 11 of 40 clean races. So that's wow. over 25%. And and there's this guy, I never heard of him, Seaman Ader. <laughs> He's also almost 65% clean shootings and 26.5% clean races. Stuart Holm is up there. Lotta Lee. Mm. I'm a little disappointed. Well, she's probably going to be disappointed that you didn't uh, name her right away. I know. I thought it was too obvious. <laughs> Um, Estrello, we've in... talked about, I think, before. Yeah. Is a good yeah. shooter. Uh, Lou Jamano is, she has 20 races with 61% clean shootings, 30% mm -hmm. clean races. Chloe Levens, she's only 10, 10 races. Um, I think we talked about Renard Birkenthal. I think he's from Estonia. Mm -hmm. So he's up there, but he only has five. Uh, Roman Reese, Quintalfio Maillet, David Zobel, Sebastian Staller, 54% clean shootings, 24% clean races. Mr. Dutch, mm -hmm. uh, Christensen, Tariabo, see if I can find Christian Gao, Jakob Fuck, uh, and then Lisa Teresa Houghton. Mm. With 51.5% clean shootings, 13% clean races. And I'll stop there. So I'm going to do some finishing up and then uh, publish it later this week. And I'll be following it on, uh, on Twitter and et cetera. But uh, yeah, I'll make a note that adding shooting per current shooting percentages are good idea yeah that'll be fun to play with and nation and h so that is the dashboards that i wanted to talk about um i also had this you know how they say with um, the individual, mm -hmm. how they say that it's an advantage for good shooters, right? Mm -hmm. But I I would be interesting, and I haven't looked into, into this at all. I'm just uh, curious about your thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that faster skiers don't have to ski an extra 150 meters a couple of times because they're yep. supposedly less shooters that can also be a an advantage right because they can ski all out on the ski section and not have to worry about holding back to have some energy mm -hmm. extra energy if, in case they miss and stuff so mm -hmm. um 
like I said, I haven't, I haven't looked into the numbers at all. Um, well, it's funny because I actually had this independently had this thought too, and maybe it was colored because we're watching this race in Rupolding, which is sort of an easier shooting venue. But hmm. I was thinking, is there an advantage for the good skiers because it is either a 20 kilometer race or a 15 kilometer race. So the good skiers have that much extra ground that they can make up. Right. Some, and in some cases they can make up just, you know, I mean, just look at, I mean, obviously we'll talk about them, but JT bow, I mean, you could just make up huge amounts of ground on the, the skis. Yeah, but you that, can make, make up grounds on the 500 meter sprint yeah. from what I've yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah. And so I, yeah, I just, I, I, it's probably a combination. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a really good, it's a good question. It's a good, it's a good thought exercise too. Yeah. I was just curious. So I'm, I'm actually yeah. inviting people that are listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts, please uh, yeah. tweet us with your thoughts. Cause the a other minute, thing, a minute is a huge penalty compared is, to what, yeah. like 25 oh, seconds, sure. but yeah. Um, still, that's a good, good idea. That's a good question. And the other thing is that I was wondering after watching the um, the mass start, mm-hmm. how yeah. do you think, like a team Norway, their head coach is Ziggy Mazay, mm-hmm. right? Or is he the shooting coach or the head coach? He's head yeah, coach. head coach, yeah. 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 So I'm really wondering. So let's say I'm an athlete and I'm like, hey, coach, what do you think I should do tomorrow? I feel pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you just go yeah. all out? And then LeGrite <laughs> comes after me. And he's like, what do you think we should do tomorrow? You know what? I think you should take it slow in the first lap too, you know, and then slowly. Like, I just really wonder how that yeah. goes or if the team just sits in a room and says, what do you, what do you think, guys? Should we mm-hmm. just go for it tomorrow? Or or well, like remember- with the French maybe in the past where they say, uh, you know, um, Jacqueline, you can't, you can't hold back anyway. Why don't you go like crazy and we'll just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll, tuck behind or something. Like, I, I'm yeah. really curious. And I, I don't expect you to have the answer, obviously, but uh, – no, it's an excellent question. And I thought about that. You know, you think back to the, uh, was it in honesty where they did the, uh, it was like the, the, it was like there were always three or four Norwegian men and there seemed like they were doing like a team time trial up at the front. <laughs> and it's like, was that a, was that a plan going into it? Like, Hey, if we go clean, you know, we're doing this, you know, and, and, you know, we're just going to go to the front and we're going to, we're going to run Extra this thing. honors at stake that nobody yeah, knows about. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, I, you're referencing, I guess, today, um, and I, I missed the race, uh, and and it was quickly pointed out to me because I uh, mentioned during the women's mass start how much I enjoy kind of the the opening lap mm-hmm. of a mass start because usually it's kind of gentle, and then several people pointed out that the men's mass start was not gentle to start. Apparently, oh was it? Did Johannes just went straight so to the I, front and I? Um, so for the four a.m. races or four thirty a.m. races, mm-hmm. I don't set my clock anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I can sleep through it, I need to sleep. But yeah. I woke up at four in the morning this morning and uh, I kind of fell back asleep. And then I was like, oh, the race has started. So I turn it on. They have just literally just started. So I did, I missed a start shot basically. Mm-hmm. And then I watched like without even thinking about it, almost feeling like without breathing, I watched the first loop yeah. and I was out of breath and not from, you know, supposedly not breathing, but the pace it was it was nuts. Like everybody just seemed to be going completely all out, and Bo and Christiansen were like 
pushing the pace so hard. And then Legrite, for example, you could see that he was just really, really trying and struggling to keep up. It, it was absurd. And then um, I don't... So I think Bo had one miss and Christensen didn't. I think... But then by the time, like, Legrite and uh, some of the other guys came to start, like... Bo was already there almost. It was it was it was oh a gosh. crazy race. And every time he had a, a, a miss in the fourth round too. And then you're like, okay, well, you can't do it again. And he just boom, he was right there. It was um, like a biggest dem- demonstration of of overpowering your opponents. I just pulled it up and I'm watching it as as you were talking about it. And these guys are just motoring. It's uh, it's, and and I so sometimes um, when I don't have a lot of time and I rewatch a race, I'll put it at like one point twenty five speed. Yeah, you don't have to with this. And with this race, my first thought was, is it still on that setting by any chance? Because <laughs> it was just crazy. Oh my god! And I felt compl- exhausted after that race, watching that race, just seeing them like, oh, yeah. What's it was, really interesting is that if you haven't watched wa- this- rewatched the whole thing, you need to rewatch it. Yeah, I'm watching this right now, and and there's like a like Christensen Christensen takes the lead, and it's almost like JT Bo took offense to that, and like he <laughs> yeah. grabbed the lead back. I was like, "What do you think you're doing? Excuse me, like yeah, come on, it man. was incredible. They are just man. Or was this was this the team strategy? You know, you talked about was this what you know the team strategy is just go and see what happens. Well, I think with the current form that. Uh... JT Bowes in. Yeah. I think the only strategy you need is go out and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because he definitely seems to have fun right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. Is this yeah, so no. this is one of my things I had written down. And uh and I'm not the person who said this, but is this the greatest team ever? This current Norwegian men's team. And uh I don't know if you saw it, but uh, apparently um uh Bjorn Dahlen said this uh earlier in the weekend, actually after the relay. And uh, it only seems to be confirmed after the the mass start. You know what? What if you were taking his argument? But um, is it the greatest individual team, like single team, uh, as opposed to like combined men's and women's? Just like it's the greatest assemblage of talent. Well, I mean, it's hard to imagine it's getting better. Like Stuart Legrom, uh, Stuart Legrom, uh, Legride had a you know, a pretty poor performance mm-hmm. and it's still, you're not even like, Ooh, that's going to put them back or that's going to put them into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just, just thinking, they... Oh, the, the lead will not be as big. I don't know. Like, you know, every team, like take the French, for example, right. Where, you know, you have Quentin Fermier, you have Jacqueline and then, you know, Claude and Giguna or like, they're all, they're all strong biathletes, mm-hmm. but they're not top five, maybe top 10 biathletes. And they all need to have a good day to win. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> basically need to have, you know, more than one Norwegian have a bad day. I know. But if look you're this- thinking about, you'd, you'd look at this lineup <laughs> and then one can have a pretty awful shooting yeah. with a penalty loop. Yeah. And then there's still no, you know, no doubt that they're winning and then they're leaving off 
Anderson. They're leaving off Dala, who, you know, yes. admittingly didn't have his strongest weekend. And then they have Bucken, who's still not um, yep. healthy to ski. And then on like the Like you're IBU leaving Cup. those people off your lineup. This is your and IBU And then Cup. we're not even talking about the guys on the IBU Cup. Yeah, Stromshine is first, and then Overby is second, AF Anderson third, Uldal is fifth. They've got ninth, 11th, 12th, 13th. I mean, that's ridiculous. In the master, I mean, I don't they go one, keep, two, three, four. <laughs> keep hammering on the, on the, you know, the depth of the Norwegians. But yeah, because um, I don't, I don't recall, like even the time of Bjorn Dahlen, and then they had Emil Aguilar Svensson, and yeah, there was this other guy who was always there. I think he just recently passed away. But he was, you know, he was a solid, but he was not top three necessarily. And then they had usually a fourth guy who was, you know, maybe top 15. But but this team is just, you know, that it would not be shocking at any season to see these four in the top five or top eight at the end of the season. No. And if that's no, your it, relay team. So, uh, in, in this race, right, you go... One, two, three, four. So you had like four guys right there, you know, all. And it's not a shock to see any of them in the top four, right? I mean, it, no. especially after the last two weekends, Taryabo is right back where, you know, we expect him to be. I I don't know. I look at everybody else, Jacqueline and QFM and, and I don't know. There's nobody else I expect to beat them in any one of them. It's just they are the four best right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's I mean, the crazy. Germans were impressive, but, um, you know, you but it never seemed like felt they, had they were a threat, but it, they, it's yeah. like they had to race their best races of the season to be within range. And I still never felt like they were really going to challenge. No. And I, I didn't check their ski times, but I mean, shooting wise, they had four misses in total compared yeah. to one penalty loop and seven misses for Norway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, France had the same shooting result as Norway, and they're almost a minute back. A minute back, yeah. And I don't know what's going on with the Swedish team, but... Yeah, that's just... That's something else altogether. Yeah. Like, so one penalty loop and 15 misses. <laughs> yeah. But just get back to Norway real quick. It's like Lagride has a penalty loop, and he's like in 15th place or something like that. I think they bottomed out around 50 seconds back. And it was never a panic. It's just like they just, you know, Taribo cut that in half and Christensen got them back to the lead. And then yeah. by the end of the first shooting, J2 Bo had it all wrapped up. He even said that he wasn't even concerned about a penalty loop going into the last shooting right. because he knew he was going to win. It didn't matter. Like he was, even if he had a penalty loop, he was still going to race away from Roman Reese. Yeah. That's just. Yeah. Are they going, like I asked you this, are they going to lose? Are they going to go undefeated? And. Of course, that as soon as you say they're going to go undefeated, that's when they're going to have a disastrous shooting day. But in order for them yeah, to lose, they still, have to have they a disastrous shooting day. So much with their with their skiing, because yeah. I mean, yeah. it, what I find funny is like Legright and Taria Bo, but not like today, it seemed Legright was slow, but he's not <laughs> yeah. slow. It's just that Christensen and Bo were just so much faster. It reminded me a little bit of uh, uh, last season, the first race where uh, I think it was both Obergs that were just, and, and yes. it was also uh, so Samuelson and Ponsloma. They were all yeah. like flying. 
But so Lagride seemed slow, and he was thirty five seconds behind Jay Tubo. <laughs> yeah, third fastest on the course. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You look at the. I did want to uh, mention Italy with very young, and you know, not your well known athletes uh, mm-hmm. per se, but they're all so twenty two, twenty four, twenty two, twenty five, and you know, they got in fifth place. Ukraine in sixth was was pretty good, and the United States in seventh. That seventh. was uh, quite a quite a good result, I would say. Can't be upset with that. No, not the least. So, yeah, that was a. Uh, That's funny. Um, so uh, Jordan and I were looking for a tweet that was early this week about a stat about uh, I think it was the average age of every team, and then mm-hmm. their their combined World Cup points. Yes. Yeah. And. Uh, and I, we couldn't find it anymore. But uh, one thing that stood out to me, at least, is that I think both the Italian men and women had maybe not the youngest teams, but mm-hmm. right up there for youngest teams. And then the women had by far the most combined points. I don't but remember if I mentioned this. The men this. Had, had a lot less. And I think because yeah. we're on the team, the other ones must be really young, right, to Yes. Well, I don't remember if I mentioned this when we did our preseason podcast, but uh, when I was doing my my preseason project and looking through the Italian team, both the men and the women are absolutely stacked with with uh, individuals who are like 24 and younger um, mm. who are coming up. You know, you look at uh, Jacomel, who's been really good recently, and um, you know the on the on the women's side, you know, Passler and Comola have had decent moments and Batazzi is still not young I mean, or not old, excuse me. I think she's what, 25, 26. Like she's still, mm-hmm. she's still very young and, um, uh, Akintaler, 27. Uh, but. Oh, okay. Well, she's ancient now. Um, Akintaler is, uh, is young. Um, so, you know, and she just won a race on the IBU cup this weekend and, um, then Was they've got Amy Bazerga. Oh, for the Swiss. Yeah, no, just I'm just generally like it seems there's so many teams that have very young. Oh yeah, yeah, athletes. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's just a there's still a lot of young competitors coming up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Um, speaking of the Italians, uh, do you think this is the peak of Lisa Batazzi season? Getting a win you mean in it's the going individual down from here. Oh, not even necessarily that it's going okay. down, but like, is it going to get any better than this? Getting a win in the individual and second in the mass start, and that's um, a that's a that's a pretty pretty darn good weekend. It's and it's amazing considering where she was, what a year ago. I I I have a sense that she is not at her top speed in skiing. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I think she can do even better. Yeah, and I I must say. Uh, in the uh, the race today, the mass start, I I wasn't so sure if uh, Julia Simon had it in the bag because um, it it seemed like Vitazzi lost contact a little bit, but then she mm-hmm. I think she took like an an outside turn and I got a so I wrote down a uh, quote of the day for the end of the episode, but this was where when it happened so. Um, I think everybody knows how I feel about the commentators and, you know, again, (laughs) it's a tough job, so I'm not going to say more than that. But so, so she, she took a different line and that's how Simon kind of caught up with her a bit. 
And then he said, the best way to go around a corner is a straight line. <laughs> and I thought about that and I'm like, I must have misheard that. So I actually played it back, but that's what he said. And I just had to laugh really hard. <laughs> and I'm, the best and I'm, way to go and around the corner thinking, is a straight like, line. How do you, like, how could you mean, like, I'm trying to relate to what he might've tried to say and maybe just, you know, didn't use the right wording, but I can't. But yeah. I just had to laugh really hard about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to remember that in the future. <laughs> I'll try that next time I'm out for a drive. Is uh, you know, just take some straight lines <laughs> across yeah, through the corner. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. It'll be fine. So I have one uh, more question for you. Yes. Because I guess we're technically still in the general discussion. Yes. Um, yeah, I and I'm not 100% sure if I already brought this up last week so if i have just cut me off um but i have noticed obviously that tandrevold is a lot calmer than last year and i do wonder yeah. if that is because she's not hanging out with hmm. also very energetic personality tyrell ekhoff hmm. and i mean you know it's not a blaming or whatever but i think when you oh, bring yeah. two energetic person to people together and you know with the podcast you could see that they were just feeding off each other yeah sometimes wonder interesting if not having such a high energy person around her if yeah that calms her down a bit too interesting I, you know Roisland is pretty she's pretty back mellow. it seems and i and i think some of the other girls are pretty you know yeah they have fallen, but they're or, not they're yeah. not bouncing off the walls ekhoff has a lot of uh you know there's there's like there's the different things there's like chaotic good and chaotic bad and she's generally chaotic good but mm -hmm. she definitely has a lot of you know chaotic energy and i wonder if they just were sort of building each other up you know yeah in terms yeah. of just energy that's, a, that's an interesting thought i hadn't i hadn't considered it but she definitely seems calmer um and and mm -hmm. somebody on twitter mentioned this and and i agree with it a lot is that tangible is definitely she's being more aggressive uh in the races she's not letting the race she's not just sitting back and letting the race happen mm -hmm. uh she's she's sort of uh like especially during pursuit uh moments she's uh attacking more she's she's really going after it so um she's such a fighter always been right yes yeah like, remember in china where she was basically collapsing and <laughs> well she, she did. went too hard what, did she collapse <laughs> She did, yeah. In a race, and yeah. then the other one, she could barely make it to the finish line and collapsed after the finish line. What, yeah. Was it her that also collapsed during the race? Um, oh, that she, was in the season. That was, was in the season before the Olympics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then and then at the Olympics, she just just hit the wall because she yeah. was going so hard trying to chase down Elvira. Um, right. That's yeah, yeah. She is. You are right. She is such a fighter. That's a really good word for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and she's just using it very well this year. I, 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 we have both said this many times, but um, I am just incredibly impressed with how she has grown as a uh, competitor this year. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple other things I just wanted to touch on real quick mm -hmm. before we jump into the races. Um, I, I mentioned this last week, and uh, and uh, several other people have now too. So uh, I'm going to take credit for it as the first. Per I'm obviously joking. But uh, is is J T Bo the best ever? Um, none other than uh, Jacqueline brought it up this this week on uh, on Twitter. So um, I don't know if you saw the people responding, but I think that uh, Fabian Claude um, believed that he was so interesting. Just just I, I don't I'm not saying that he is the uh, 
end all be all of you know the the debate but i just think it's interesting that that the athletes themselves are having the same discussion as well so um yeah they they must be a little bit in awe of just watching him yeah it's always hard to to know what is defined as the best right because is it like Mm -hmm. the best performance ever or is it more like the overall career or yeah um, because i i i didn't really follow that conversation but i saw somebody said that um like mm-hmm. that the discussion was basically done between uh Forcad and um and Bjorn Bjorn Dahlen. Yeah. But which so way I, is it done? I yeah. Yeah, I agree with and you. I yeah. I don't know. I think there's still a lot of different opinions about that and mm-hmm. um but you know, on a on a on a race like today where where JT Bow is, is not perfect on the range and still you know, demolishes everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that was one of the stronger performances I've seen in a long time. Certainly having one of the greatest seasons. Yeah. Um, somebody mentioned uh, the difference between having, being the best biathlete and having the greatest career. And I think that was, uh, I appreciated that because there is a, mm-hmm. a sort of a difference there. Like who would, if you put all the best biathletes together and um, had them run a race or have them run our season, you know, who would come up, you know, would be the best versus, you know, someone like Forcad who just had so many uh, overall crystal globes or, you know, however you want to measure it. Yeah, you know, Bjorn Dahlen, that's what I find Bjorn hard with. Sweeping the gold medals in Salt Lake, you know, just. Yeah, because you can't, like, it's so hard to compare with the competitors of the time, right? Like, I know yeah. that um, Bjorn Dahlen for years and years and years, he was always battling with uh, Raphael Poiret. Which of course is represented in in the you know number of wins and that kind of thing. So, and I'm not saying that Forcat didn't have any opponents, but um, yeah, it would be interesting to look at how many seasons they were maybe not unchallenged, but had yeah, yeah. less challenges. But yeah, well, it's, you can't you can never really compare. But. And this is an interesting thing, you know is is my son is he going to look back at this season and say, man, JT Bo like everybody else was terrible. Because right now we're twelve races in, and he has nine wins, which is just <laughs> he's nine wins, yeah. two third places, and a twelfth in the in the first race of the season, which is just crazy. I mean, and he might look back at us and be like, "Everybody else was really not very good." And I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the case. I think this is just a a great athlete who's on some of the best form he's ever had in his career. But then we go back one season. Oh, I know, and we yeah. see sheer dominance by. Yeah. and i know that yeah. you know it was a it was a little bit different year with the olympics and people planning differently but at this yeah i mean in still in, in the end it's still you know yeah. how many races do you win and how good are you compared to your opponents so components yeah. opponents ridiculous yeah now and the norwegian guy that i couldn't remember his name his name was hanavolt mm, yes yeah but uh yeah, it's it's hard to hard to say. Let's just let's just say that there's a group of top top athletes that are, you know, Bjorn Dahlen, Foucault, and yeah. and I definitely think JT Bo is part of that. Yeah, he belongs in the pantheon, right? Mm-hmm. Of 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 the greatest. If you were building like a a, a monument to the all time greats, you know, he's his his marble bust would be right there with him. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on uh, as part of our our general overviews? 
Because there was a big, just, a big thing that I wanted to as well. Okay. Well, I was just going to say to, I, I just cannot get used to seeing a yep, white, this is it. white yep. track amongst the green fields and the rain. And um, we had I shared that picture with the cameraman that was wildly using a, <laughs> a hammer on his camera to, I don't know what he was doing, but apparently something was stuck. But, uh, you know, you see him sit there in the pouring rain and yeah, I just, yeah. uh, you know, kudos to all those fans. Like apparently today they had over 20,000 fans uh, that came out because I don't even think we see how bad it is most of the time. Yeah. So well, in, it in, is what in, it is, but yeah. Yeah. They had these over these overhead shots and um, it just looks so brown or green. And it was very, it was sort of, arresting to see grass at mm-hmm. the range right and and everywhere they go it's like these clearly you know you know produced tracks right and then they just have woods it was just very very strange and if you think about it like the amazing amount of work that went into getting that track up mm-hmm. and in from what i understand decent conditions right so that was that was probably also a top performance of the weekend so yeah so this is actually from the uh the norwegian uh instagram post so they are starting something called project snow crystal and i just saw this uh sent out today and this is i'm just going to read it you know word for word uh, the winter we love so much is melting away weekend after weekend the ski world experiences green plains with narrow strips of artificial snow through the trails climate change has become every day life for those of us who live off skis on our feet in the winter months. Um, and it goes on to talk about how, you know, we need to uh, raise our voices about climate change. And we talked about this a lot over the summer and it's just been unfortunate to see, you know, cause I think we've been, we've had a couple of, of uh, winters now of very cold and snowy conditions. So I, you know, you can sort of forget about it a little bit, but, you know, it's just been, it's been hard to watch a little bit. It's just not a surprise anymore. That's what I've noticed in my own observations yeah. where, yeah. you know, yeah, sure. 10 years ago or 15, whatever, when I was watching and there would be a race like this, where it was grass next to the tracks, it would be like a surprise or like a, mm-hmm. a special thing where it's, I find getting to the point where if you have those, you know, sunny, pristine conditions with fresh snow on the trees and the mountaintops around it, that's almost like a, an exception. Yeah. But, and it makes me wonder if, if some of these places are going to be maybe not abandoned, but used less frequently. Like I noticed that every time I've seen someone training at Obertiliac, uh this winter, it's always been very snowy. And are we going to see that become not an IBU cup stop, but a world cup stop just because it, mm has snow the snow i i don't i don't know yeah. anything about the facilities there but that's it is that at elevation it is yeah 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 and i've also because they must have been, like they're they're coming up with all these solutions of you know harvesting your own snow or taking the snow from last year yeah. and covering it in sawdust and stuff and i really cannot imagine that we're very far off um how do you say that basically nitrogen tubes under the roller ski tracks. Yeah. Yeah. That will just to keep it cold. Yeah. Keep it cold and hold the snow longer. And 
I don't know, because like, other than the amazing effort that these people put in to get the track out there, I can't imagine how much that cost. I know. Yeah. Because you're basically there is. piling snow or or you use snowmakers to, to have these massive yeah. structures that are isolated and you just pump them full of snow and then you drive it out over the tracks. But yeah. that is a lot of snow. It's a lot of snow and it's it, it's just... I don't know how much work that is to get it all done, but I, it's just a huge amount of intensive effort. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just like the speaking of climate change, we think about the amount of energy that takes to go into it and where that yeah, energy is coming from. Yeah, or maybe we'll see more, you know, shorter races. Yeah, where you can do them on a on on a loop that, Super that goes through same area mm-hmm. multiple times. You know, with yep. the uh, Mass Start 60, where half the field yeah. goes through the stadium and half the field shoots, sir. The Mass 60, or what they did, was it in Hochfielsen, where they the men's sprint was sort of cut down, right? They did the double loop right. between the first and the second shooting. Yeah. So, who knows? Other more creative ways. Now, uh, the uh, good news is I think that Anholtz is going to be pretty snowy because the apparently the only way to stop the Norwegian biathlon team is get them stuck in the snow. Uh, I just, as I was looking this up, I saw a bunch of posts from, from Taryabo and from, I think it was, uh, Tangervold and apparently their, uh, transportation, they got stuck and they had to get towed out because of all the, the snow that's occurring there right now. So yeah, that's good though. Yeah. It'll, it'll be nice and pretty. Cause I think that was a favorite answer for our, uh, Everybody. standard question on the week or on the, on the summer where we said, if you had to get mm-hmm. stuck somewhere and you can't leave. <laughs> and Holtz was <laughs> right up there. So, yeah, I, I almost everybody said it. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, do you want to just run through the races and yeah, cover anything that we did? Maybe just a couple didn't... things that that stood out. Yes. Yep. Uh, men's individual. Anything big for you? Yaka fuck. Yeah. How about Third that? place. That was nice to see. I mean, Giacomo had a great race too, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah career best how many times have we secretly thought that you know by now yako fuck really can't you know break the I top know. 10 anymore and he's right yeah. there number three on the podium and it's uh, not like everybody else had three or four misses no right yeah so yeah that was yeah. uh i thought that was very cool rostov guyev is also one of those uh you know names you don't well yako fuck you here regularly but uh rostov guyev yep. not that often um, about Fock, uh, it was his first podium since uh, the mass start in Anholtz uh, in 2021. And right. I didn't know this, but he has had a podium in 9.5% of his races, which is actually higher than I thought it was going to be. It's pretty good. Oh, that's another project I'm working on. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's coming <laughs> maybe in uh, two weeks or so. Um, yeah. And then I just had the, uh, the rest of the Slovenian team had a pretty good day too. Uh, Anton uh, Vidmar. Uh, 22 years old and Alex Cesar also 22 years old and they finished uh, 22nd and 24th and those were both career bests so Slovenia had a pretty good day yeah and maybe a shout out to uh, Raul Flora mm. uh, Romania with uh, no no sh- shooting mistakes and uh, just under four minutes back um, yeah another career best for uh, for the for the list as well Mm-hmm. Was he 30th or 31st, somewhere in there? 
Um, and and last thing I had for this race was uh, uh, Hartwig. Uh, he was it was the first time that he has had a top ten course time uh, in his career, oh. which you know it's Scary. we start seeing that more frequently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we might might be seeing a lot of him. Yeah, uh, and especially for it to be on a on an individual, you know, twenty kilometers. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. way to go, him. Women, anybody uh, jumping at you? We mentioned Vitazzi getting the win. Mm-hmm. Want to say that one more time? Uh, Lou Jean Monod. Yeah, uh, that was pretty pretty neat. Uh, getting second place. Um, that was obviously You're her back best in ever. the loop. Hey. Oh yeah, it was uh, that's cool. Another another uh, another top finish. Is she? We mentioned this last week, and and you and you mentioned that she wouldn't even be an underdog to you to get a world uh, a medal. Right. It feels like she is one of like the top three or four women competing right now yeah although after today's race i'm not sure sure about that but uh, yeah yeah but she's but but, but that's that's exactly how i feel about her that she definitely has it in her to have a good race yeah and she seems always to do well especially at at championships Mm -hmm. and you know and that also comes she also brings a lot of experience so yeah it's uh I, I wouldn't write her off at all. Um, I did have a very special thing to share about the women's individual. So our very good friend, Baiba Bendika, she was sort of our uh, little assistant. Uh, I shouldn't say little. She's our, our very uh, uh, distinguished assistant uh, commentator this weekend. Um, she, uh, after the race, she sent me a, a message on on Twitter to share all of her thoughts. So I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah. um, she uh, wanted to shout out the the French team uh, for for looking so good. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, uh, Jean Monod, but um, also she specifically said, uh, um, I'll say uh, Julia Simone being right there, but um, Chloe Chevalier was uh, in in sixteenth as well. Um, she said that her biggest uh, uh, highlights were uh, Vitazzi's victory and uh, Ukulek, mm-hmm. another good friend of ours, uh, qualifying for the mass start, going 20 for 20 uh, and finishing in 21st. Um, and uh, and then this I thought was pretty cool. She said about uh, um, Alina Stramus uh, of Moldova. She said, uh, I think she's one of those athletes who uh, can shoot quite easily without thinking and looks like she's getting better ski, uh, ski time. So uh, she said that's uh, someone to keep an eye on over the next uh, the next couple of weeks because uh, the with her ski speed coming back that she has shown that she can get you know, into the top 20. So someone right. to watch for Worlds. Um, and then uh, she liked seeing uh, Hannah uh, over come back from sickness and stay in the fight. Another clean shooter, uh, Yeslova, who we talked a lot about last season, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be getting back in the groove. Yes, yeah, fourteenth yeah, place. Had, so. Yeah, a pretty decent weekend. Not necessarily compared to last year, but yeah, right. looking better. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to see because she had some rough weeks there early in the season. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I've seen all races live, but the really. Yeah. I I probably zone out a little bit because the Norway like it was a little interesting when uh Legright made it more exciting, but then mm-hmm. you know, it's kinda quickly done after that and 
Um, yeah, it was. We mentioned it a lot, but it was fun watching the. For me, you oh, did just yeah. a, a different type of race where you know Norway was it. It they made it a little bit interesting. You know, just that you know. Oh my gosh, you know that. What if what if they have another error? But of course they didn't. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's 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 fun to watch them have to battle against a little bit of adversity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so it was nice to see them give the uh, give the field a, a chance, but and then immediately take it away. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we went over most of these, right? Yeah, I didn't have anything else. Oh, uh, Poland, tenth place. Um, that was their men's best finish in in quite some time, uh, and they've got two guys. Uh, it was their best finish since two thousand six, uh, in Hochfilsen, and two of their guys were from the mixed relay the week earlier that finished in eighth place, I believe. Um, so, pretty pretty a couple of relays there for for Poland, and both those guys are twenty years old. So, uh, mm. yep. Some young talent coming up. Um, there was one more thing with the individual with uh, Vitozzi that I was really impressed with. And I'm quickly looking it up, but I'm pretty sure her last race in Pukuyuka, she had that bad prone shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20%. She did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she came back with 100% in the individual on mass start. And I thought, you know, those yeah. are the moments where you're like, yeah, she 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 got over it. It's not so much when you see or miss four. Yep. That can be, you know, you have a bad zeroing or conditions or whatever. But to be able to come back from that, that is where the big difference is with last year, where you saw she she would miss four, and the next race she missed three, and then missed five, and yes. she got into the spiral where now she clearly got out of it. So, um. Didn't she get a new shooting coach this year? Whoever that shooting coach is should get uh-huh. quite a bonus, I think. Because I think there was a lot of not just coaching the shooting, but also coaching the, the, the mentality mind. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something cool. clicked there, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, women's Relay? Yeah, that surprised me a bit. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Norton and Femsteinovic, they, they have you know, shown good races, but, uh, I mean, Roisland, Roisland is like her shooting is incredibly similar to last season already. Her skiing seems to yep. be not quite there, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. to have three of three out of four, uh, have zero misses. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. Femme Steinbeck, she, uh, she, she went right to the line a couple of times with three misses, uh, yeah. She misses both prone and, and standing, but she stayed out of the loop, and that's what she needed to do. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, Connaughton's her shooting times? No, I didn't. I think I, I, I tweeted this out, but she averaged like 21.5 seconds for the standing and the prone together. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I said, like, this is, if you want to know why she made the, uh, why she made the relay over anybody else, I mean, that's, that's her thing. She doesn't have the, the ski speed, but. You, know, mm-hmm. you stick her on stick her on the first leg, which is generally going to be a little bit slower, and right, she can shoot like that, and she'll she's not going to cost you the relay, hopefully. And yeah, exactly. She didn't. Yeah. yeah, and then you close with Royceland and Tangerbold, and that's all you need. I was impressed. I I was impressed by all of them because it it's uh, you know they're certainly not going to be the favorite when they line up, especially next to you know mm-hmm. the French. But yeah, they did great. Yeah, Switzerland had another good outing. Another one. It's not even a surprise to see them in the top five. Speaking of people we're not surprised by anymore. 
Um, Canada and U.S. twelve and thirteen. So, mm-hmm. always hoping for uh, for a day where they're going to break the top ten. But it's going to be a world. Yeah, here for the big well, stage. That'd be all right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, given the the age of the majority of the athletes on the Canadian and American team, mm-hmm. like yeah. America has has a bit older group, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. Other than Emma yeah. Lunder, they're all early or mid twenties on the Canadian the side. Canadian, so. Canadians are young. Like they, mm-hmm. they, I think that they're going to come together pretty well. So, um, I just really hope they can stay at it for a number of years because in in you know yeah. countries like canada there's yep. practically no budget yeah so economic pressures are real it's not yeah and you have to you have to yeah. find a way to make it viable or or you know yeah delay your your studying for another couple of years or do you know yeah. um um what happened to Jules Bernat? I don't. He didn't have a great start to the year, and no. but I saw I saw tweets of him being back in Quebec. Hey? Yeah. So I don't know if he Just decided he out. wanted to take some time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the results are a reason why he's not on the World Cup right now, or if it's more that because you know when we interviewed him, we talked a little bit about how yeah. he was. You know, he was very keen and interested, but at the same time, he also. It's pretty yes. vocal about yeah. that it wasn't his, you know, only thing yeah. in life. It was one um, thing that he did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, look into that. Yeah, we'll have to check in on him. Um, before we leave the relay, I just wanted to say that the Czech Republic had a nice little day. Mm-hmm. Coming in fifth. Yeah. Um, and then Estonia uh, in eighth place. Uh, that tied their best finish ever. And thank you to Joanna Teleharm for for pointing that out. Um, I really actually did appreciate her uh, uh, chiming in on, on Twitter to let us know. Yeah. Um, we talked about the race of the men. For the mass start. A little yep. rushed. Strolia and six is of course with even a, uh, one, uh, one miss. I was so happy to see Samuelson back in, what yes. we have come to expect from him. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, still he does place, this but every year where he has a dip in January. And I don't know if it's part of his build up towards worlds or to, yeah, but he has know. had a dip since the start of the season almost. No, but that's what I was going to say is that, oh, sorry. Is that the, yeah. the difference was, is that this year he didn't start off at his high level is that he, he started out lower than that and then dipped from there. And so mm-hmm. it became even more alarming. And so I just, I don't know what happened or what was different about this off season that he just didn't quite get the uh, same, get to the same level he normally does at the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, above Ponsoloma now. He's the best Swede and uh, the standings. Yeah. Getting back there. Yeah. Um, uh, Ader and Fock, 12th and 13th. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, that's Aders just had a whole bunch of finishes now between like tenth and fifteenth, and uh, just sort of lurking there. Uh, and then you know, Fock, it shown it wasn't just a a one time fluke. So yeah, yeah. Um, I like seeing that. Um, I did want to say, poor Jacomel. Uh, he came into 
the um, came into the 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 range for the last shooting, and I think he was like eighth or maybe even a little bit higher than that. And then he had three misses and went all the way down to twentieth. Mm-hmm. That's he had another another chance right there for another, another top yeah, finish. It's I mean we'll never know, but um, I wonder if if it's just because the pace was so crazy high that he was yeah. just completely burned up, or if mm-hmm. he came into the shooting thinking it's going to be all or nothing and just it just went for it. You know, yeah. went for it or both. Yeah. Who knows? Um, that was a, one of the wildest mass starts. So obviously the pace was incredibly high. But was it was it coming into the third shooting or coming out of the third shooting? There were like a hand was it oh sixty I have it written down, sixteen guys within thirty two seconds. Which is over half the race. That's it was crazy. <laughs> um so that was uh that was just a wild mass start. Yeah. Uh, remember last World Cup we were kind of seeing parts of the old QFM? Mm-hmm. But uh, this this yeah. week wasn't really working for him. No, and he mentioned that he just didn't feel like himself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. No, we're gonna see it. And also, Dale, he's he's not having a great weekend or race uh, week. No, eight, eight misses didn't didn't, didn't help John. No, too no. Much. But even before that, it wasn't wasn't a great yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the women's mass start oh, to close so out the weekend. So one thing oh, that I, I wanted apologize. to bring up. So I don't know if you remember me sending out a uh, screenshot of my ski erg. Yes. Um, and I know, you know, you can't compare ski erg to actual skiing. But to just give a sense. So I, if I go all out on the lightest setting on the ski erg, I can probably do 2 minute 15 um per 500 meters mm-hmm. um, and mind you I'm you know 49 and never been a professional athlete but you know had these shape and stuff um, then I just calculated his time so he did one minute and four seconds per 500 meters and yours will say that again well, so so my like top speed that I did last year when I was training a lot was two ten, yeah. two fifteen. But I didn't do that seconds. for for half an hour. That was like my peak. <laughs> Maybe I well no, I could probably get under two minutes, but just like peak. But still, and that's on a ski erg, which is probably way easier. Um, although oh I just use my arms, not my legs. But just that I don't know. Because just a minute for 500 meters, that's... Anyway, um, I don't... That's don't insane. Spent too much time on this, but yeah. Yeah. The man's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the women, we... Uh, I mean, obviously the big thing was Julia Simone winning mm-hmm. Elvira not not racing so Julia Simone gains 90 points on Simone yeah. or on on Elvira for the Crystal Globe and, and also all somebody we talked about this before but she has also calmed down right yeah so yeah there's more control and uh, I yeah. I loved how Lisa Vitazzi was fighting till the end and there was actually a moment too where I thought maybe uh Chevalier would mm-hmm. uh outfight them at the end but uh yeah but, I mean, 
Simone seems confident. The mass art where the, where the top three is, you know, bait. Yeah. Well, they weren't really in a sprint, all three of them, but they were still fighting till the end. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. And Simon, so. It was a battle, right? There was still, there was a chance that Chevalier Boucher was going to come back and win it, but obviously she didn't, but. Well, that reminds me. So one thing in the individual I noticed is that at some point, Elvira and Lunder left. I think it was after the third shooting. They left the the shooting range together. Mm-hmm. And then when they came back in, in the fourth shooting, they were still together. And I was like, wow, that is huh. really surprising. So I was looked that... at the times yeah. and they were... Yeah, so Lunder and Elvira Oberg were seven seven minute thirty, seven minute thirty one. But then in the end, over the total course time, there was a one minute twenty two seconds different. Hmm. So I don't know if that had to do with, you know, Elvira not feeling great already or if she's just, you know, she's yeah. been lately doing a bit slower and then and faster, because I think she must have had one of the fastest last laps. Yeah. But so in the same note, I also noticed that Vanessa Fogt, who we've been talking about not mm-hmm. having a lot of speed, um, managed to stay behind, or sorry, stayed in front of Hannah Oberg yes. in this race. Where, you know, when they came out of the shooting, I think, was it eight seconds? Do you remember? Um, I do not remember. I'm pulling it up right now. I've got, it, I've got the, the progression chart here. Yeah, she lost six seconds. Folk lost yeah. six seconds to Oberg. Yes. And I think it was something like eight or ten seconds. But the way Folk has been skiing previously, I thought, I wouldn't say it was easy for Hannah Oberg, but, you know, well within reach, but... Nope. Yeah, Folk was... Uh, seemed the, to be getting her ski speed back. Vogt. I was going to say, the last, the last two races, she was 12th and 8th. Mm-hmm. And uh and and ski speed. And that's where she was at the end of last year when yeah. we all got excited about her potential. So um yeah. you know, maybe she was the entire time just working towards peaking at Oberhof, but but what regardless, whatever the reason, she feels like she is back to where she can be competing for podiums again. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Cause yeah. you want to see women like her, you know, athletes like her competing at their top level when we know how good they can be mm-hmm. and we want to want to see them back up there yeah. that was really nice top five or yeah that was what her best race since Contiolati. <laughs> so it's really yeah. nice um lunder number nine i was gonna say yep. shout out to canada another Duke one Alec, 28 yep um first uh, first greenlander in a mass start yeah and she had uh two misses only was that right mm-hmm. She was really funny. I don't know if you were following her on Instagram at all this weekend, but she had a lot of uh, funny p- posts about how she felt like she was uh, sort of a fish out of water, so to speak, with, uh, you know, being being in the mass start with all these uh, big names. I mean, she's still so young, and I, I, well, I and forget she, that she sometimes. She didn't even start on the World Cup this year, did she? I know. She yeah, was she's in only the IBU for a while. Yeah. And then, because, you know, she was, I think, maybe, what, a couple minutes into the race, she was already quite far behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then yeah. you know she she shot clean and she was somewhere in the middle of the pack. She doesn't quit, so. you know. No, that's what I love about. It. She's twenty one. She knows yeah. she doesn't have the ski speed to start, but she doesn't quit. She just goes out there and keeps fighting. It's awesome. And she races to herself, right? 
Yes. Yeah. She 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 knows she's not going to fight for the podium, but yeah, you know, have a good race and only two misses is it's a great performance for her. So well, that's what she did in the individual, and she qualified for the mass start. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm really impressed. I, oh, totally. I, yeah, and also you know we've talked about this a little bit with with like Christian Wolf, but I would imagine that she starts off the race in a hole just because of the waxing technology. Oh, yeah. You know, like how much time is she losing just based off of that alone? I think she's, you know, we're not going to put her in the same category as Simone or Elvira, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, I also want to uh, to make mention of, of Lynn Pearson because uh, she got fourth. And why I'm mentioning it is because she got fourth and it didn't even cross my mind that that was surprising for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of nice that she's kind of graduated to that level of consistent top five and just doesn't really even... You know, I know, right? She's she's been very consistent, yeah, most of the year, and because um, that's actually why I was looking at the standings earlier. Because I felt that uh, Jesper Nellen actually was the most consistent sweet, but obviously yeah. he's not the the highest ranked one. But uh, mm-hmm. he's still having a pretty decent decent season. Yeah. You could probably make the argument that he might be the most consistent, if not yeah. if not the best. He's still the most consistent. Wow. Although consistency is a double-edged sword because I think yeah. Samuelson has been pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then um, I think the only other thing I wanted to do was say that uh, Lisa Hauser and, and Anna Magnuson finished uh, uh, seventh and eighth, and uh, Hauser was in seventh, so. I think uh, I'll take the victory on that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, you and know. what we talked about earlier, um, the moments where you all of a sudden feel very old, when yeah. I saw uh, Lena Hackey gross, mm-hmm. and yeah. I didn't I didn't follow any of the the wedding things over the the summer and stuff, but I'm like, I wonder if that's Rico gross. And then you're telling me that no, no, that's his. Is it Marco? <laughs> Marco it's Gross? Yeah, Marco. It's it's yeah. Rico Gross's son. And I'm yep. thinking, wow, like his son is old enough to you know. And I always yep. thought that, that like Lena Hackey has been on the on the tour for a while, right? And she's yeah, only she's 27, 27 actually, but yeah, yeah, but she's but she's been around for been several around, years. Hey? Yeah, yep. yeah, it's one of those moments. <laughs> Um, did you notice that in the, in the mass start, it seemed like there were a lot of names who just didn't do as well. Um, like Vera kind of. Tandervold. Tandervold. Yep. That was another one. Um, there was somebody else who was a little bit further back. A seven. Oh, seven Davidova. Shooting, yeah. Davidova yeah. was 17th. Yeah. Did so, she start with like three misses? Yeah. Three. She did. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was sort of. Tandervold. Mary Ader. Yeah. She was, she was a bit back. Even Jean Monod, Four yeah. misses. Sophie Chabot had four misses. And did you, so I read somewhere Lunder was actually a late call-up. Yeah, she was. But she, I don't, but she still bipped 23. Do you know how that, how she was a late call-up? Because mm. usually it's like the number 29 or 30 that yes, if somebody the, yes. says I'm yeah. sick or I'm not racing, then they move up. But I thought she, did she, she I thought she moved up and took Elvira's bib, but oh, I don't know why she was, yeah, I don't know why maybe. she was bib 23 though, because yeah. anyway. I can't, I don't well, know, I maybe can't she found out it. from our friend at uh, on Twitter with uh, Biathlon Twenty Three 
that they've been quite successful lately. So yes. maybe she thought <laughs> she thought I need maybe this. Maybe it was yeah. her. And uh, you know, um, yeah, it's not a podium, but ninth place for yeah. Emma. We'll we'll take that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Did yeah. I say this already? But that uh, she has four top elevens on the year, which is kind of a strange stat because it's not top tens, but four top elevens, and uh, that's her best ever in a season. Oh yeah, no, she's having a great season. Yeah, and uh, I I just I love seeing. Because she had was I don't remember if it was Hochfilson or Contiolati or where it was that she had that I think it was Contiolati she had the two top fives and um, you know but it's not like it was just a one hit wonder for her. she's had a couple other you know I think it was mm-hmm. Honesty and then now she's she keeps having good finishes so yeah uh, it's nice to see that she's she's all out well, there she's racing, always been a good shot well. and and you know yeah. most Canadians she shoot very fast so <laughs> yeah, does she ever yeah so. Uh, yeah. Anyway, just very happy to see it. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Do we have a? Is there a week break now, or is it? Do we start going mm, on Wednesday nope. again? Antholtz. Uh, yep. Wednesday. Uh, Antholtz is on. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. I think they did Wednesday because of the individual. Mm. So just we to give everybody a sprint a full day afterwards. And then another uh, relay. Full relay. Yep. Should be good. So we'll see uh, Sprint, Pursuit, and the Norwegians winning. You think? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the only, and I don't even know if he thinks that way, but the only concern if I was Bo was, am I peaking too early? But I think we said that last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. If he he keeps his form, like who's who's ever going to get close to him? Well, it's amazing. He looks better now than he did two months ago. And two months ago, I thought he looked pretty dang good. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Because I, I thought at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, man, he's coming in on fire. Is he going to pull an Elvira where he sort of tails off a little bit as the season goes mm-hmm. on? But nope, not at all. No. Anything else? No, I think we, we pretty well covered group holding. And now you know the best way around the corner. Straight line. That's straight. <laughs> you know, right. I'm gonna. Right. If I get into a car wreck this this week, uh, <laughs> I'll just tell them that I was I was doing yeah. the most efficient turn I could possibly do, going going yeah. straight. All right. Yeah. Well, stay safe on the roads. Stay safe on the skis. And uh, well, yeah. Uh, we'll chat later this week. Sounds good, man. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye bye.